This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another show for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series. Now, typically this show is on a Tuesday and a Friday at 5 p.m. and, and it is like this. <laughs> it is that. Um, but what I wanted to do was I just wanted to jump on this evening because there's not been kind of a whole host of massive news events today, really. And of course, any of the, the transfer stuff we're going to cover on tomorrow's 8 a.m. show. Um, but I didn't want to let the content be a little bit dead today. So I thought I'd come on and, and give you guys some extra TGT because uh, I've got a free evening, a free house. So I can be as loud and as moany as I like because um, <laughs> the missus is out this evening, which is great. Um, but yeah, I thought I'd jump on, have a chat with you guys, see how you all are. And we can go through uh, a new kind of show, which is going to become basically there's going to be four of these um, that we're going to do at the end of each month. Uh, so either the 30 or the 31st. Uh, of may and then we're going to do one in june july and then finally the end of the transfer window we'll do one uh in august which will be interesting because the season would have already started and transfer deadline day would have then be completed we might even do it at the end of the transfer deadline day which would be very interesting or we do it on like september 1st or something like that but yeah i wanted to basically do one of these uh shows in which they, they basically build on one another and it's a good way to kind of track how the uh i guess it's how they track the extra um the transfer window how it unfolds how it develops and what we might see in a month's time so at the end of june when we next when we next sit down together and, and do this show at the end of june and look back at what happened in may i can throw up on the screen what we said today uh and then see how things change and it will be interesting how much things change as we go through the window and, and it's, it's, you don't really keep track of this sort of stuff across the window. You do look back and you think, Oh yeah, remember when we were linked to so-and-so well now I'll be actually be able to see it on a comparison on a building up basis. So I hope you're good. I hope you're well in the chat box and, uh, and enjoying your weekends. Uh, I work weekends, so I've had to deal with the facts of a Sunday It is Sunday, right? It's definitely Sunday. Uh, so I lose track of these days of the amount of work these days. Um, but obviously talking about football for Arsenal has not been the best after the news yesterday evening. And what I will say is I've seen a lot of animosity between Arsenal fans, which I know is rare. It's so rare to see Arsenal fans falling out. Um, but I've seen a lot of that today. So I thought I'd come on and have a lighthearted discussion and a lighthearted chat and give you guys a bit of an escape to something a little bit more positive, uh, fingers crossed as well. So to kick off the show and to see how Arsenal's lineup may look at the start of next season based upon what we can extrapolate from the early uh, signals and signs of the transfer window is I thought we'd have to look at, first of all, the possible outs uh, and see who's being linked with moves away so that we know that we're not going to be including them, of course, in the team next season. And this is something we'll do each month and we'll be able to see if any of those actually came to fruition, any of the current kind of major circulating rumours, or if anything doesn't change and people end up staying. So starting off with Willian, uh, we're looking like he's obviously going to be off. Uh, it could be the most likely place so far has been the MLS with Inter Miami as a possible destination. We are told that there is absolutely no chance that he will be an Arsenal man at the end of the, at the, end of the transfer window. Fabrizio Romano has given us his 100% guarantee 
that William will not be here next month, but we'll have to wait and see. Or rather, at the end of the uh, transfer window, he might still be here next month. We may struggle to sell him, but we'll see what happens with that one. Uh, Kalasanac looks like he could be going to Lazio, the most credible out uh, at the moment in regards to a link to him, but it's still quite tenuous. Is the only link that we've seen so far uh, across kind of the, the Arsenal fan base right now and across all of the links that we've seen so far. Then comes Lucas Torreira, uh, who obviously you may be surprised to not see a Boca Juniors badge there, but quite simply, Boca Juniors just don't have the money to bring in Lucas Torreira. And the main club that we've seen linked with a possible move for him has been Fiorentina so far. Then comes Matteo Genduzzi, and this deal looks like one of the most likely to happening more earlier. Uh, Genduzzi moving to Marseille. This looks like it would be a, a permanent deal and we would get a little bit of money for him. Not a lot from the sounds of things, but certainly something that we can use to reinvest elsewhere on the pitch and, of course, get those wages off, get some feeling, and get who I look at as a little bit of a troublesome character out of the club. This now is probably the most, the quickest one we could see happening, if you believe the reports that are currently going around right now. Granit Xhaka moving to Roma to join up with Jose Mourinho and former Arsenal man Henrik Mkhitaryan, if, of course, they keep him on uh, after his contract expires. Uh, but he looks like he could leave with Roma getting a, a very decent deal uh, out of this one, it seems, as well, which has come to quite a surprise to many fans. Uh, and yet we'd like to see Arsenal get a little bit more than we are currently being seen reported. Uh, Mavropanos, the most kind of uh, legitimate link is a return to Stuttgart, most likely on loan. He has signed a recent contract with Arsenal, so there is kind of protection on that value. And so a loan deal would not be too bad. But I think that maybe Arsenal would like to see a permanent deal with a very decent fee come in. But Stuttgart just aren't going to have the money to be able to pay for a permanent deal for Mavropanos. So that's one to keep your eye on, whether he ends up there or somewhere else, because there will be a lot of interest in him. He has been called up to the Greek national side, and that'll add that little bit extra value onto his figure as well. So maybe he ends up somewhere more um, higher up a, a league table in one of the top leagues compared to Stuttgart. Our penultimate one is Hector Bellerin with his most likely link now to Real Betis, obviously previously linked to the likes of Barcelona, PSG, uh, but now it looks like the most credible uh, out could be that of Real Betis, who will be in the market for a right back if they lose, and should they lose, and probably will lose, Emerson to Barcelona this summer window. And the last one is Eddie Nketiah, uh, who is not going to be going to Brighton, if you've been reading that, but more likely could see a move to Watford, in which we could get a figure in the region of £15 million, which I think would be an absolute steal for Arsenal to take that amount of money for someone that's got a year left on their deal and has not broken into the first team squad with any sort of uh, tenacity and uh, a real sort of power. And Ketty has been very much on the fringes and not uh, a person that people are desperate to keep hold of. So a deal going to Watford for that kind of fee, I think would be a very, very decent one. Uh, watch him go and absolutely smash it next season. So they're the possible outs. Uh, if you think I've missed anyone, um and not used anyone in this list then make sure you let me know in the comment section below but from all the sources that i'm looking at these are kind of the main ones uh that i've gone the most legitimate ones that we've seen linked so far let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box regarding possible outs uh ansgar says are these sorted in any way no they these are just the possible outs that we've got there's no level of realism or level of likelihood they are just the most credible links to clubs that we've seen with our players so far uh, Matt G says, Tom, was that a dig at Bellerin? No, it wasn't. It's just, it has dropped off from Barcelona and PSG to, to Real Betis, which probably comes down to how he's played this season and the situations of those clubs. Uh, Inti says, uh, Saliba to buy a Leverkusen as a possible one. Uh, maybe, but that was with the, basically a, a swap deal scenario with Tapsoba plus cash, which I don't really give any credits to. So I've not included that one whatsoever. Um, JD says, should wait till the Euros are over to sell Xhaka in case his value increases. Selling him for anything less than 25 million would be foolish. TJ says, what about Nelson? I've seen no credible links for a club going for Nelson so far. If you've seen any rumors, let me know in the comment section or in the chat box. But I have not seen and heard any credible links about Nelson. I've, I know that he's one of the players that we're willing to sell, but I haven't seen any possible links to a club coming in for him at this moment in time. Uh, this was not possible outs in terms of players that I think are going to go. This was possible outs of the ones that we have seen linked to clubs. Of course, Willock is not a bad one to suggest as well. 
could see him go off uh, to join Newcastle, but the club are very much wanting to keep hold of him so far. Uh, Iron Cub says, do you think we should try and get a buyback clauses on Enketia and Mavropanos? The problem with buyback clauses is that that decreases the transfer fee that you get for those players. Yes, it sure it protects that. Yes, 100%, it will protect the value of that player. But the issue is, is that you you will drop the value of the transfer fee associated to that deal. So in, in Ketia with £15 million, uh, £15 million kind of a purchase price, his fee would drop to probably between 10 and 12 if there was a buyback clause inserted, maybe less because of that. Because that's why would they allow that without having to pay less for that, knowing you could just buy him back for a higher amount later on. Mavropanos the same going to Stuttgart. Uh, I did miss uh, one of our new members. Uh, Balaji, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I know that he's a fantastic one of our really long-time listeners, uh, a good communicator on Twitter as well, always sending me some top news. So I really appreciate you joining up, Balaji. I'll make sure to sending a new link to the Discord server in the community tab on YouTube. Make sure you join up. We've actually had quite a few new members join up this uh, just today, in fact. Kim B, Sasha Van Vyck, uh, and Nico F all became uh, members today uh, so thank you ever so much guys for joining up and supporting the channel and make sure you join our discord server using the link in the community tab as well so thank you so much and speaking of says, what about Cedric again I would have loved to see him of course uh, move on because I think it's just linking that with with Kia and moving him on from the club but we haven't yet seen any links with Cedric to a specific club as of yet. Iron Cub, thank you ever so much. Just realized that you're not a member. <laughs> well, now you are again, son. So thank you for rejoining and supporting the channel as well. Right. How about we move on to the possible lineups that we could see Arsenal next summer using based upon the links that we've seen to players so far this transfer window it's going to be intriguing when we do this show again at the end of june to see how things have changed if at all and comparing them to to today that's going to be very interesting but let's have a look at now i've gone for three possible format i think three three possible formations that we could see us playing the first one is probably the most uh maybe not the most interesting but certainly one that i'm in favor of arsenal trying is a 4-1-4-1 system uh, some of you might look at this as a 4-3-3 with a number six. Um, but either way, you look at it, 4-1-4-1 uh, is a very interesting system to try for Arsenal. I think you've got the capacity to do it as well. Starting off with Leno in goal, I don't see him going anywhere. I don't see us investing in a, in a, a kind of a number one goalkeeper this summer. I really don't. I think we will invest in a backup keeper, but not a starter. It's, it is what it is. I would personally swap him. I'd go for someone like, a, as we've talked about before on the show, Bono from, from Sevilla uh, and bringing him in. But Leno looks like he's very much going to stay, which is fine. Like It's someone who can get better, but I just I have a lot of reservations about him. That is for sure right now. Moving to right back, which brings in one of our possible new contenders, Max Ahrens from Norwich City. Uh, we have obviously been linked to him quite heavily. Um, you may have seen some links saying that the, he's not a target. I can tell you with confidence that that is not the case. He is certainly uh, a target of Arsenal, and Arsenal are interested in signing him. He is on a list of, of a number of candidates, so it doesn't mean that we're going to go out and specifically get him in the end, but he is certainly a target of Arsenal and on their list of possible uh, right-back options for this coming summer window. I think he would add some real attacking verve to the team, uh, yes, of course, he needs to think about things defensively and improving that area. But I think when you think about how much he gives you going forwards, and if you've got a mobility kind of player, a right-sided centre-back, which we could have if William Saliba is given a shot this season, uh, then that could be a really interesting right-hand side of our defence with the cover that Saliba will provide. Alongside Saliba is the long-time partner that we kind of want to see develop at the club, being Gabriel Magalhaesh. Um, and seeing those two kind of develop together as a partnership. And we want to see this. This is what we want to see is those two being Arsenal's partnership in the long term, developing together and becoming a really solid pairing. Moving into the left-back row, of course, Kieran Tierney takes that spot, and I'd love to see him given the captain's armband. I doubt that we will see that. Um, but Kieran Tierney very much as, as a left-back uh, for us, is as a leader, a captain, uh, and hopefully after a decent pre-season, uh, obviously playing in the Euros, I don't expect Scotland to go through of their group. So he should return quite soon, maybe after a couple of weeks. 
that would hopefully give him enough time to, to get some good recovery and get back firing for the new season. Now another one of our new additions, fingers crossed. Playing the number six role is Yves Bissouma, um, the Brighton and Marley's central defensive midfielder. I know a lot of people see him maybe as someone who could play a little bit further forward, maybe in a number eight kind of role, more disciplined version. But I like the idea of playing him in a central number six position, having someone mobile as your sweeper that's still a very good passer and can connect the ball between the defence and the midfield, I think is really important, especially if we're losing someone like Granit Xhaka, playing in that number six role for us. Another addition onto the right-hand side could be Emi Buendia. Uh, you may see this as more of an advanced right-forward position who drifts inside to be more creative. But in this 4-1-4-1 system, seeing the two midfielders above Basuma, first of all, starting with Thomas Partey, playing in that slightly advanced position ahead of Basuma to give him that more freedom, that security, the ability for Partey to be a more transformative figure for Arsenal, transitioning the ball from the defensive third ahead into the opposition's half and bringing attacks forward while still being able to provide some defensive cover. Now, this is a little bit of a shout, and bear with me. You may see uh, some differences in the other formations that we're going to look into in a second. But alongside Thomas Partey, I have gone for a little bit of a risk and picked Joe Willock uh, to play in that midfield position uh, alongside him. I think that Joe Willock is certainly someone that we should invest in, give the time to, see if we can build upon what he's done at Newcastle. And playing him with the energy that he provides, the goals that he can bring from midfield, the drive into the box, means that he can play as kind of an eight that does become a 10 at times. It also means if you were to swap him with Partey, he could combine with Buendia exceptionally well, or the guy that's playing on the left for me right now, which is Bukayo Saka. I think the left-hand side is, is certainly somewhere that we need to look at him being more frequently used, using his ability to create and cross the ball excellently on that left-hand side. And ahead of Kieran Tierney, and, and really developing that partnership between those two players. Now, the striking position was difficult. I've gone with Aubameyang. The reason why I've gone with Aubameyang because we're still unsure about the future of Lacazette or whether or not he's going to be here. I like Lacazette a lot. You guys know I do. But I think that Aubameyang is going to be the guy that's going to be with us next season, most likely. Hopefully, you can put this poor season behind them. And hopefully, if we're adding this much creativity with Buendia coming in, with Willock being added to the midfield, then maybe he can finally find that place for himself in the Arsenal front line. I do worry a little bit this formation might leave him a little bit isolated but there are some other options that we've got moving forwards. Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. And also, if I've missed anything like anything scrolling up, just to check if I haven't. No, I haven't indeed. Good stuff. Um, let's see the immediate reaction to you guys <laughs> about the formation and see what you guys are thinking. Let me scroll down. Omar says, 4141, question mark. What are you doing, son? I'm really interested to see what you guys react to this team and how you see uh, this is a possible option for us. Um, so there you go. Um, yes, Basuma is from Mali. Um, did, did I say something else? I, I hope I didn't because he's, he's definitely from Mali. Um, Toby says, interesting choices going into this team there. Um, let's see what you're seeing. Now, I know the first thing you're going to say is there's no Pepe. And don't worry because we are going to do some other combinations and teams. So just wait. If you're a big Pepe fan, don't dislike the video just yet because we will get to talk about Pepe very, very soon. These are just options right now samrat says where is the cam of course this is something that a lot of people think that we desperately need in the arsenal team well interestingly you can in fact be very creative by playing this type of system if you look at the fact of how liverpool play you see them with their number six on its own and then playing the two central midfielders ahead of them uh, and being them come more the, the creative types in the midfield for them uh, they play that system exceptionally well, and I think it's something that Arsenal can do also. I also think there's other opportunities to play players in different positions. Uh, the Brotherhood says Buendia is a cam winger. Uh, so there you go. Uh, Clive says, if you like football, you like Pepe. And with that, let's move on to the next possible formation that you could see Arsenal playing in with. It's, of course, a much more famous and preferred formation being the 4-2-3-1. We'll go through this uh, a lot more swiftly because we've seen quite a lot of the players already. The back four remains the same with Leno in goal. Moving into the midfield, though, Thomas Partey and Basuma partnering one another. 
Then seeing a front four where your boy, your man, your goal scorer, if you like football, you like Pepe, in on that right wing position there. And then moving a Buendia into the inside number 10 role, you could swap him out with Smith Rowe. You could even play Smith Rowe in Saka's position if you wanted to. You could bring Pepe onto the left-hand side, move Buendia to the right and put Smith Rowe at the number 10 position. There's lots of combinations and formations that you could try with this and with that team. So I'm interested as to your thoughts about the 4-2-3-1. Do you prefer this one? Do you prefer this to the last one? Fallon says, Tom now making sense with the 4-2-3-1. Josh Shakespeare says, Josh, uh, that looks much better. David Blaschik says, that also looks a lot better. Ansgar says, Tom, the lack of disrespect is hurting my soul. It's not about disrespect, mate. It's just about what I think is most likely to happen next season in regards to our striking position. Lacazette's future is still very much up in the air, and we don't particularly know what's going on. Um, Karthik says, Tom, please don't do a three at the back formation. You're going to be disappointed in a second. <laughs> Arjit said, this is the 4-2-3-1 for me. Uh, let's scroll down a bit more. Uh, Omar says, more like it. Omar says, very attacking. So Hill says, yep, this looks better. Uh, Drizzy says, prefer Lacquer in the 4-2-3-1 because he can hold the ball up better, working Pepe and Saka into those spaces. But maybe we wouldn't need Lacquer to necessarily do that. If you had the number 10 of a Buendia, very much different. Dan says, Pablo Marie being robbed. To be honest, Dan, I think what we've seen from Pablo Marie is very much the ceiling, very much the maximum from Pablo Marie. I think we haven't seen that from Gabriel. And what we have seen from Gabriel is very, very good. We have seen him dip in form towards the end of the season, but this guy's got a lot more development to do and we need to put a lot more time into investing in him as well. Um, Yonick says, this team does not get us top four. Well, interesting because, I mean, you've seen West Ham very nearly get top four with their sides and I would put this on paper as a better team than theirs. So I think you're being a bit harsh there, Yonick, uh, certainly so. Uh, T.E. White, uh, 1911, says, what do we do in January with the African Cup of Nations? It's a good question. Of course, if we were to play this team, we would be losing Pepe and uh, Partey and Basuma and Abamyang. And if you were to lose those players, you could very easily bring in uh, Emile Smith-Rowe. You could bring in Lacazette. You could bring in... The other central midfielder that I think we're going to sign, I do think that we are going to bring in another central midfielder in addition to just uh, a Basuma or someone else. Um, and I also think that we would add uh, from the youth, I think you'd see likes of Aziz being promoted. Uh, El Nenny, of course, would be going off as well. But I don't think necessarily you've got Joe Willett there as well. I think there's plenty of, of variation and depth that we can still use. Uh, certainly so. Uh, Neil says, football is not one on paper. It certainly isn't, hence why West Ham are where they are, hence why Leicester are where they are. Through good recruitment, good team selection, good coaching, that's why they are where they are. Right, let's move on to the third and final option, which Karthik, I'm sorry, mate, you're not going to like this, but I think that Clive might. <laughs> let's have a look at this one. The 3-4-3, which is a formation that some Arsenal fans have wanted to see a little bit more of, seeing Arsenal play with a three at the back. Uh, I have had to make this slightly smaller so they all fit on the screen. But we've got the back four with Leno and, of course, then the back three centre-backs of Saliba, Gabriel and Tierney. Tierney, of course, plays left centre-back for Scotland and you'll see him playing there in the tournament. We had a lot of success with him playing there at the end of the 2019-20 season. He had a really good combination with Maitland-Niles playing left wing-back, who isn't playing left wing-back. My midfield four is made up of a Max Ahrens playing in a wide uh, right wing-back position. Thomas Partey and Basuma holding that two in the midfield. And then Bukayo Saka. We saw him play this role against West Brom as soon as we finished playing in um, in the Europa League. And he flourished there once again. It's a position that I would like to see Saka give him more opportunities because I think it gives him more freedom. I really think it, he's able to get up that left-hand side a lot more. You're giving Tierney and behind him, giving him that service. is also really good. And then ahead of him, he's also got someone to combine with. And the front three here I've gone with with Smith-Rowe playing on that left-hand side so he can interchange, can drift. The same with Buendia. Buendia and Emil Smith-Rowe can be very similar kind of inside forwards um, and inside kind of attacking midfielders in those positions behind the striker, effectively becoming two extra number 10s with the wing-backs overlapping, uh, playing those inverted passes. You've got Max Aarons overlapping Buendia or something they're very used to with their chemistry already playing at Norwich. And you've got Saka and Smith-Rowe combining, playing those inverted passes to get the full, uh, the wide wing-backs in to play those balls into the box 
for the striker. It's certainly an option. You've also got the likes you could play Pepe on either side. You could bring Saka in there and move Tierney into a more of a left wing back role. There's lots of variation. Don't say that this is set in stone, guys. This is not saying about, no, we're chucking away players that you're not seeing. It's about thinking about the variations, thinking about the opportunities and the differences that you can make and the tweaks that you can make to those teams as well. Uh, Dan Robert says, where's Ivan Tony? Good question. Uh, Carl says, I really like that formation. Gives you plenty of options going and attacking and defending. Drizzy says, you could even replace Emil Smith-Rowe with Willock since it's more of a forward role. Greg says, yeah, that 3-4-3 looks interesting. Mark Dennis says, hi, Tom. Uh, here's a question. Uh, if a decent offer came in through a Bamiyang, would you take it? It depends what you mean by decent offer, Mark. If you're talking of upwards of 20, 25, 30 million pounds on a 32-year-old now. Let me just check to make sure that's right. Uh, let's have a look. Abamyang is 31, turns 32 next month. So, uh, But that's not how it works. He's 31 until he turns 32. Um, but yeah, so if you've got a 20 to 25, 30 million pound bid on Abamyang, I think I would. And then you extend Lacazette and maybe you even invest in that area as well. And you bring through Balogun and you bring through some of the other players as well. Uh, Deep Duta says, my ideal formation would be a 3-4-1-2, which I'm not as much of a fan of because I don't really like the two up top, uh, or a 4-4-2. It will work wonders. I think when you play a four, when you play a two up top, especially at Arsenal, is that you, you often find the two strikers getting very isolated because we don't really have enough service, uh, especially without the number, uh, the, the number 10 playing behind them, which I suppose... You're trying to remedy by playing the 3-4-1-2. But again, I think that you then lack the players to play the incisive passes that you would get and the overlapping runs combining with the wingers. So I'm not the biggest fan of a, of a three uh, as a two up front because I think they get very much isolated in the team. Um, Alistair, I've just missed your comment. I'm so sorry, it disappeared. Uh, let me read Arjit's first. In my opinion, 3-4-3 and counter-attack works well for us with the fast players that we have in Saka, Pepe, Aubameyang. It worked in the FA Cup final. Three good formations, says Tim Jello. Let's see how there's coming. Here it is. Emil Smith-Rowe maybe not suited to that formation. Uh, the right side does look stronger. Interesting you think the right side looks stronger, seeing as you've got Tierney and Saka combining very well on that side. You've got Basuma as well playing a more of a defensive, disciplined position than Partey. I think it's, it's actually quite balanced um, with the with the style of players that you've got in Smith-Rowe and Buendia and the, the work rate that they add and the, the versatility that they add to the team as well. Uh, Venkatesh says, no Saliba, he's not even proven to say he's the one we should rely on. I don't feel confident on the Liga performances. The Premier League isn't the same and Arteta wants at least one experienced centre-back and Gabriel isn't one, which is completely fair enough. But then who is it going to be? Because for me... Chambers is the only other person you can play in that position. I don't like Rob Holding on the right-hand side of a back three. If you do play Rob Holding in a back three, it needs to be for me in the middle, not on the right centre-back position. And that makes things slightly more difficult because I don't think that necessarily Chambers and Tierney work playing in that back three. Because when you play in a back three, often you see them shifting to become a back four. And then you'd leave yourself in a position where one of Tierney or Chambers is becoming a centre-back at times, where Sakariva drops in or Aarons is dropping in. I think the balance is that you need a more mobile right-sided centre-back uh, and then either a left-back that's transitioned like Tierney or you play Gabriel or, or Marie on the other side and then you move Chambers into the right-sided centre-back position so then Chambers would become the right-back. It's all about how the balance works and, and balancing your team correctly. It's, it's a very, very difficult, very, very difficult. Uh, Kano says, I hope I bump into you when I come to London. Hopefully even get a picture. Wow, this is incredible, Kano. Any plans for this 25K subscriber special? Because 25K is coming in June, definitely. I think you'd be lucky if we hit 25K in June, but you never know. Anything's possible. Matt Thornton says, when's the Saliba tactical breakdown? This week, Matt. Don't you worry. It's coming. We will be doing a dedicated breakdown to William Saliba's loan deal. Do not worry yourself. Uh, JD says, Emil Smith-Rowe, Saka Tierney combined well on the left. Likewise, Aaron's and Buendia on the right have already played together a lot. This formation might actually work and get us to the top four. Dan Roberts says, where's the false nine formation? Alistair says, Tom, how do you see the goal distribution in this setup? I think a lot of it would, of course, be channeled through Aubameyang and the striker in particular, but Buendia... And Smith-Rowe would need to chip in with goals. You're looking at that, Miss Smith-Rowe trying to add goals. He definitely started doing that towards the end of the season. Buendia, we know, is getting a lot of goals for his time at Norwich. Can he translate that to the Premier League? We don't know. 
Um, but it's interesting if those two could. I think with the amount of kind of overlap from Aaron's and from Saka, you would see a lot of low-driven crosses into the box that Buendia and Smith-Rowe could also feed on in addition to Aubameyang as well. George Davis says Max Aaron's is average, by the way. I suggest, George, you educate yourself and go watch our tactical breakdown on the Young England Youth International and go watch uh, what the expert insight and what the statistics have to say because I think they prove you very... Very wrong. Uh, Coop Dog says, why is everyone so happy to sell Xhaka for 15 million? He played almost every game and is a consistent leader. Um, I, I'm i not happy to sell him for 15 million. Just, just want to put it out there. So it's not everyone. And I can certainly agree with a lot of people that it isn't everyone that wants to see him go for 15 million. So there you go. George Davis says, says stats. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, and that's why George is on our tactical breakdowns. We have a five to seven minute long eye test uh, from an expert that's watched that player week in, week out. So, ah, ha, 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 ha. So Hill says, Tom, who would uh, you vote for as the player of the year and goal of the year for this season? I mean, it's between Saka and Pepe for me for this year, for our player of the year. Goal of the year is tricky, um, but I love Tierney's goal against West Brom. I'm trying to think of a goal that I preferred. I love Pepe's goal very recently as well. Um, I can't think of... Uh, Xhaka's free kick against Chelsea. I very much liked too. Um, so there you go. Uh, uh, Wardy Egal says, do you really see Arteta playing a 23 and 20-year-old partnership in defence? Rather go and get an experienced right-sided centre-back. Um I don't, I don't know um, is the honest answer, but we don't have too much choice in regards of experience. Marie is 27, Chambers 26, holding about 25, 26, uh, which I don't look at them as very much. Uh, I don't really look at them so much so as uh, experienced players. I look at the likes of Tiago Silva, David Luiz as your more experienced centre-backs. Are we going to go out and sign a player of that age in that bracket? I'm not sure that we are. Uh, Ansgar says, you are doing a great job, Tom. Thanks, mate. Don't agree with you on everything, but that's what makes it worthwhile. Exactly. It's about opinions, fella. It's about opinions and also explaining and backing up your point. That's what's most important in the world. It's all about throwing in accusations, but I just love to see kind of a, uh, a consistency in actually supporting uh, opinions with reasons. That's what we like to see over here, for sure. Uh, Mini Boss says, uh, E.P. Smith, uh, I think yeah, Mill Smith throw, uh, Erdogan, Abamian play well together. There's balance there. Uh, Erdogan, we don't know at the moment if he is going to be an Arsenal player. We'll have to wait and see. Let me scroll up. Did I miss, did I miss that super chat or did I do it? Uh, Wardy, I did, didn't I? Yes, I, I don't know uh, if it's going to be playing those two, but we have got a lot of experience that's needed at this club. Ash is the best, says you're a pretty smart man. Good predictions. We should, I don't, I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> it's really patronizing. Um, we should finish top four or five with this team, but you can really see this happening. We need better centre-backs uh, than we need the experience. I, to be honest, I've said this a number of times. If we signed a centre-back, I really don't see the number one kind. Of, I don't I don't see a big gripe with signing a centre-back. I know there's a lot of hope around Saliba and people think it would block his possible kind of entry into the Arsenal first team. But I, I, I think it's important to add, exp, not necessarily experience, but add quality. Uh, quality is what we need and that is what we need to see. So he thinks that Lamptey is better than Aaron's. I don't trust Lamptey's uh, injury record right now and I think his sample size is so small to make a real judgment on him. I, I, that's... That's where I struggle with. He's got a hell of a potential. Really, really does. Uh, Mike says, what about uh, a backup left back? Yes, definitely somewhere, Mike, that we need to be looking, uh, investing in for sure. Uh, Harmon says, Arteta wants taps over. I would love us to get taps over. 100%, I would love it. Uh, George says, Rydal Baku is clear of Max Aarons. I think that uh, Rydal Baku is a very, very good young uh, player. I think defensively, Max Aarons certainly comes out on top in that area. But offensively, Rydal Baku probably has uh, the, the better of those two. It would be how Rydal Baku transitions to play in English football, which Aaron's, of course, has experience in already at the top level. Uh, Super Sporty says uh, Partey uh, is a very good defensive midfielder with a quality to partner. I think that Partey's got the potential to be your eight. You be your box-to-box. -box. I think he played a lot of box-to-box -box games at Atletico Madrid. I think that's the style that we should enable him to do. I don't think Granit Xhaka, whilst however much I rate Granit Xhaka, I don't think Granit Xhaka is the best partner for Thomas Partey in the style. I think you need someone more disciplined, 
someone that's going to give Thomas Partey the freedom to play the game that he's he's really, really good at. Uh, let's scroll down. Mike says, 4-2-3-1 is the best formation for us. Uh, Sheil Lendra. I'm, I'm, apologies if I pronounced your name wrong. Sheil Lendra, maybe. Uh, I think 4-3-3 will work better, but we need a good winger and a central midfielder. Christian Miller says, we'll be back in Europe next season in the Conference League. Uh, we won't be. <laughs> uh, we won't be in the Conference League because, thankfully, Spurs took that position from us. Uh, Daniel Roberts says, more importantly, is Partey going to get the number five shirts? I mean, he's what, number 18 now, is he? So maybe, maybe he takes that number five shirt. Maybe, I, I don't know what positions and what numbers are going to become available for us next season. I mean, if we actually have a look at the Arsenal squads, we number 11 is obviously going to be available unless Erdogan returns and he obviously unless he takes the, the number 10. Uh, but number 10 itself will, of course, also be available to have. Uh, but we don't have a number... A four or a five? I mean, four is Saliba, isn't it? Um, and then five, we we don't have. Uh, I'm trying to look and try and find it, but number five, we certainly don't have. Saliba is number four. Mavropanos doesn't have a number at the moment. Lucas Torreira was number 11 and will return, but we don't know what's going on with him. Uh, Lacazette's number nine. Willian's number 12 could be given up this season as well. Uh, do we have a number seven? Uh, that's Bakayo Saka. Number eight, Danny Ceballos, of course, uh, is, is going to lose number eight. So who do you give that number eight to? Do you give it to Smith Rowe? Do you give it to someone else? Um, number 34, Granite Xhaka. Does anyone want the number 34? It's a very weird number to be giving up uh, in that position, that is for sure. But lots of number changes possibly we might see next season. Uh, Wilson says, why do you think that Basuma would be the ideal partner for Partey? Good question, Wilson. Mainly because I think that he's more disciplined than Partey. Plays in that hole just behind the Ghanaian. Will keep that disciplined position and keep that sweeping position with his mobility a lot more secure, allowing Partey to be more expressive, more developing going forwards, better progressor of the ball as well. Uh, over someone like Granite Xhaka, I think, needs to be situated in a certain part of the pitch with someone next to him that's going to cover him so he can play all the passes that he needs to. I'd much rather see Partey with a partner that can be disciplined and mobile in himself and play a more of a sweeper role in front of the back four, like we saw with the 4-1-4-1 formation. PC says, zoom out. I'm a little bit too close. I'm sorry, mate. I, I can't zoom out. I can I can go backwards. Is that better? <laughs> it's just, it's weird. Is that better? I'm trying to sit as far away as I can. Uh, Matt Thornton says, if we change to a back three, wouldn't be worth keeping Mavropanos? Um, it, rather, do you mean, would it be worth keeping Mavropanos? Because, of course, he's played uh, in the back three on the right-hand side for Stuttgart this season and done very, very well. So maybe it would be worth looking at, at keeping if, if that was a system that we were going towards. Toby says, if you had to replace Aubameyang and Lacazette, who would you replace them with? Both of them. I mean, one of them I'd replace with uh, Balogun, uh, of course, bring him through, give him the opportunity. Um, and then I think you'd have to go for your, your younger players. And Edouard's, uh, Yusuf and Naziri, uh, one of these types to, to come into that position and play it. Uh, someone like maybe Andre Silva. I'm a big fan of Andre Silva and what he's done at Frankfurt. Uh, there are options, but I don't think there's loads of options. And that's very much why I'm in favour of maybe giving it a year, seeing some other possible players next year and see how they get on. Uh, Josh says, Boadu, who is the young Dutch striker uh, from uh, RZ Alkmaar. Again, still very raw. Uh, still got a lot of developing to do and maybe a bit too much of a risk. Suraj also suggests Pat Sandaku, who I very much like but is again unproven and would be a risk. And if you're letting Lacazette and Aubameyang go and you want to put all of your eggs into the Dakar basket, um, then I'm not sure whether or not that would be wise uh, whatsoever. Um, Ritian says, could you please do a tactical breakdown on Mavropanos? Uh, we'll see how that progresses. If it looks like he's going to play more in the team, then we will. Um, but I have compared Mavropanos to a lot of our centre-back targets. So if you want to go and watch the Taps Over tactical breakdown, we look at Mavropanos' statistics in a lot of detail, so you can find out a lot about him in those videos. Uh, Wilson says, who is Andre Silva? He is a Portuguese striker playing for Frankfurt. He's been to Sevilla, AC Milan, um, and playing in, in Portugal as well. He's 
should maybe lead the line for Portugal this summer, uh, unless obviously Fernando Santos goes off and, and plays Ronaldo in the striking role. But Silva has been excellent uh, for Frankfurt this season. Iron Cup says, Tom, uh, have you looked into too many of Monaco? Absolute beast in the making. He's, he's being linked with Chelsea at the moment. And that was a little bit scary. Yes, he's uh, a very exciting young player. I did look into him a little bit more after one of the shows in which someone mentioned him. Really, really solid. One young player of the year in Liga as well, uh, ahead of, of plenty of others. So also says, what about Alexander Isaac? Uh, a lot of potential. Um, but again, similar to Buadu, a lot of um, kind of development still to do. And I think it would be a little bit of a, a risk to, to bring him in as maybe our main striker. This is why I want to give it a, a year. I'm really kind of open to giving it more of a year with the striking department um, and investing in central midfield defence. Uh, the Buendia tights attacking midfield, uh, then focus maybe on the on that area of the pitch next season. Um, Ajit says, how about a Dominic Calvert-Lewin, a good hold-up? I mean, yeah, of course, a great option, but really expensive, really, really expensive. So that, that would be very difficult to do. Um, Bali says, do you think Badi Ashil is better than Gabriel? Uh, obviously, until you see them play in the same league, it's, it's tricky. Um, Badi Ashil was very, very highly rated and, and probably will end up moving to a, a, a very much a better club. Um, but from what he's done, I mean, that Monaco team has been excellent uh, and really good this season. Ben Yedda's led that line amazingly. And I, I, I really regret that we never went in for Ben Yedda uh, when he was leaving Toulouse. We were linked with him before he left Toulouse and went to Sevilla and did really well in La Liga. And then why Sevilla let him go is absolutely beyond me. But then he's gone to Monaco, which I thought could have been a bit of a mistake, which was so wrong. And he's absolutely smashed it in Liga. Um, certainly missed the boat on Wissam Ben Yedda, 100%. Uh, Wilson says, are you still annoyed that Arsenal failed to sign Zoboslai? Uh, what do you think, mate? <laughs> what do you think? Of course I am. I do think that it, it we... I do think that obviously it wouldn't have had an impact this season because he's not played for Leipzig. He's been injured for the whole of the season. He is hopefully going to play at the Euros. He is in the Hungary team um, and he'll be hungry for action. But yeah, of course I'm annoyed. Of course I'm annoyed. Uh, Yo-Yo says, least favourite opposition player, past and present. Present, uh, Eric Lamella, uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Hates that guy with an absolute passion. Uh, and then past, probably yours <laughs> uh, as a past player. I used to hate Nasser Chadley, loads. Again, another Spurs player. Um, but yeah, you do count Adebayor as an opposition player because of everywhere else that he went to play for. Was never a fan of him at all. Uh, Diego Costa as well, a bit of a bastard. Uh, <laughs> not a fan of him either. Elliot says, would you take back Saliba this summer or work out a transfer? Well, if you're saying I've got a choice between swapping Saliba for Tapsoba, it's not even a it's not even a choice. You'd take Tapsoba, obviously. But the thing is, that it would take him and money. But the link that that was, I think, was a very easy link to put out. And I don't think there's any credit in it. Of course, you, you take a swap deal from Saliba and, and Tapsoba. Tapsoba is by far a, a, a better player than Saliba. Uh, Ansgar says, might visit Leipzig. I'll take a photo with the Red Bull Stadium for you, Tom. Thanks, mate. Uh, I don't have any interest in going to Leipzig at the moment. <laughs> it's not like a famous holiday destination, is it? So Salzburg, however, very much is. And I will plan on going there at some point in the near future. Uh, A says, I would want Saliba to play at centre-back of the three to play that uh, libero style centre-back like David Luiz, which is exactly the same as our 3-4-3 formation we talked about earlier. Uh, Kanav says, uh, we want to see what's behind the green screen. I mean, you can see Kanav what's behind the green screen if you scroll back to a fair few videos ago before all the new graphics, and you can. It's a picture of Thierry Henry is, is what it is. <laughs> That's not behind the green screen. Uh, Avinash says, is it only me or all, are all Arsenal fans want to hate Van Persie but secretly don't? Uh, no, no, I, I don't like him. I, I really, really don't, Avinash. I appreciate what he did for us, but I'm sorry. Uh, he's, I, I'm not his biggest fan. <laughs> I'm not his biggest fan at all. Uh, Surah says, if you are Arteta, there is no way that you'd be risking your job on a 20-year-old unproven centre-back Saliba, which is a very good point. Mr. Joker, with our fantastic TGT ambassador, says, Tom, do you honestly feel that Arteta will have learned from his mistakes from last season? Eight more points from last season and we would have won. We would have joined third. Yeah, let's, I mean, hypotheticals are great, but we don't know. It's very easy to say if we'd have won this game, maybe things would have been different. But if we'd have won that, no, there's nothing to say that had we have won that game, the other results may have not changed as well because just 
how time works. Um, not to go a hot tub time machine on you. Um, but I, I don't know if he's learned from his mistakes, Joe, because he's made a hell of a lot of mistakes and he's made them consistently. So there's nothing, there's no evidence to tell me that he is going to change, that there is going to be any change. So no, I'm sorry. I, I can't tell you that he has learned from those mistakes. Uh, uh, Giroud is a big shout for players that I hate. <laughs> uh, Neil Gunner says, Jamie Vardy hated celebrations against Arsenal as a possible person as our least favourite non-Arsenal player. Uh, Yonick says, if my auntie had, you know the rest. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Guru Loop says, Awar has gone under the radar, which is a perfect time to sign him. Oh, I'd rather sign a lot of players ahead of Hussein Awar, that is for sure. I don't need to tell you why. I've told you why a million times. No Sleep says, did you see the table without VAR? Of course I did. But again, it's hypotheticals, mate. It's just the situation that we have. And yes, some of those VAR decisions were wrong, as have been a lot of decisions this season for VAR. But again, it's the hand that we are dealt and we can't moan about things that have gone we take the hand that we're dealt. It's as simple as that. Uh, Mini Boss reckons that Coop Miners may be a good option from RZ Alkmaar. Uh, the central midfielder, of course, has been excellent for them this season and is highly rated enough that he has been, I believe, selected to play in the Dutch uh, international team. Let me just have a quick check of who is in the Dutch squad for this season. Let me scroll down. Netherlands. Is Coop Miners there? He is indeed, uh, as is Martin Daroon, Genie Wijnaldum, Davey Klassen, Frankie de Jong, Ryan Gravenberch, another player that I know a lot of people are big fans of, and Donny van der Beek, who I hope has a fantastic tournament because I feel really kind of bad for the guy about how he's been getting on with. Carl Jason says, Kane or Aubameyang, debate. Mate, there's, there's no debate. I mean, if you're a level-headed football fan, it's... Like Kane's the better striker. <laughs> it's not about being biased. It's not about having a like a being faithful to Arsenal and you must back all Arsenal players. It's just it's just common sense. It's just yeah, I'd I'd kill to have Kane at Arsenal. I hate his guts, but I'd rather hate his guts at Arsenal being a great striker for us. That's that's the reason. So Hill says, Tom, based on the UEFA Champions League final, would you as a coach prefer to stick to your attacking principles or be pragmatic? in one of those games. Sihil, I, I cannot understand Pep Guardiola's tactics. And I'm a big, big, big Pep Guardiola supporter. I think he's done some amazing things. I don't agree with the overrated type. I don't agree with that he has to spend money to win. I think it's a broken argument. But he got it so, so wrong. Absolutely out for, outclassed by Thomas Tuchel. And uh, he... <sighs> Fernandinho and Rodri on the bench is obviously with the benefit of hindsight. It's really easy to say and point to that as why they, why it failed because of that. But I'm sorry, like people were saying that beforehand. It was a really obvious kind of, you know, it was an obvious thing to see that they were much better when Fernandinho came on. So you play the way that you do get into the final and you need to establish that style and I think that because Guardiola rotates so much throughout the season, if anything, that makes him second guess his team and what he's actually. Maybe he doesn't even know what his best team is because you play your best team in the Champions League final. That's what Chelsea did. I mean, ironically, we talk about Robin van Persie and we talk about how he we don't like him. I don't really rate a lot of his opinions on football. He's talked about Kovacic and Ziyech and saying that Tuchel is basically mad for not putting these two players in his team. Guess what? Neither of them start the Champions League final and he wins the Champions League final playing the team that he selects. Like, it's Tuchel is just a better coach with those players. He really is. And he really has proven me wrong, Thomas Tuchel. And it's absolutely gutting that he has. But yeah, really proved me wrong. Really, really has. He's been brilliant at Chelsea. Um, yeah, and also, like, I've seen people pra not praising Chelsea, but praising kind of Thomas Tuchel. And I've seen a lot of Arsenal fans getting very frustrated and agitated about people giving the due praise to, to Thomas Tuchel. I get that there's a rivalry. I get there's a hatred towards Chelsea. I don't like that Chelsea win. I'm not going to celebrate Chelsea winning. But what I will say is I'll hold my hands up and go, fair fair enough, fair play. Well, you know, you, he's, Tuchel's done a great job there and I'm very envious of it. Very, very envious of it. Um, Krish... Congratulations on finding a fantastic channel. <laughs> and uh, I hope you stick around and enjoy the fun in the chat boxes with everyone else. Uh, King Shook says, would you consider Pepe instead of Smith Rowe on the left-hand side? 
Uh, of course. But I think that Pepe needs to be developed on the right-hand side. I think he's shown a lot of his games this season towards the latter stages anyway, that that, that certainly is somewhere we can see him flourish. And I also think that Bakaya Saka's future very much lies on the left-hand side, being more of a creator. I don't look at Saka as someone that's going to get you 10-plus goals in a Premier League season. I do look at Saka that's going to get you 10-plus assists in a Premier League season. And I think that is very much the focus of what we need to look for Bukayo Saka is emphasising the areas of his game that really are his best. And creation is certainly, for me anyway, a lot more towards that kind of style than, than, than the attacking and the goal-scoring style. So I play him on the left, use his left foot to create, put Pepe on the right, use his goal-scoring abilities to the top of their possible quality. Uh, Omar, no, you're not. <laughs> Yonick says, hi, Omar. Welcome to the most negative Arsenal fan channel on YouTube. Oh, just honestly, Yonick, there's, there's only so much of Yonick that you can take until you just have to, you know, you, you, sometimes you do a five-minute Yonick break. Hashtag Yonick break in the chat, guys, please. Uh, Marin Moy says, uh, great insights, Tom. Love from India. Thanks. I hope things are going well. I know the, the situa situation in India in uh, the moment is not the best. So I hope you're well, mate, and uh, much love to those and those around you, and I hope you're surviving and, and doing the best that you can out there. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, Iron Cub says, Tom, would you take Danielle Marlon? I'm a big fan of his, just a bit unlucky on the injuries. Uh, I, to be honest, I, I don't know um, because, I mean, he scored, what, 34 goals in 76 games in the Eredivisie? Let me just have a quick check how close I was. That was a guess. Um, he has scored 36 goals in 75 games. So I was pretty close. Um, and I, I'm not sure if if it would be the right move. I think we've got enough quality. I still don't know whether it's an out-and-out -out striker or whether it's a, a more of a wide player um, that, that we are going to see, obviously, him turn into when he develops into his fully-fledged player. But uh, for now, anyway, what I do think uh, is, is that he's probably not the style or level that we need to be looking for right now. Wesley says, Rodrigo, I swear you say this every time, Wes. <laughs> Rodrigo de Paul, what are your thoughts? My thoughts is that he could probably maybe end up at Atletico Madrid this summer. Um, that's what well, I'd, I'd love to see that. I think that's a really, really good piece of business for them. He's a leader. He's a Simeone player. Um, he's a great kind of um, person for that, that area, for sure. Um, yes, yeah, stop the Yodic hate. Stop. The hate Yonic, I think you mean. <laughs> uh, no Sleep says it would bun me uh, to buy it would bun me uh, to buy Marlon back for forty million when we sold him for two. Yeah, I know what you mean, mate. A hundred percent. Carl Jason says uh, an interesting question, Tom. Do you follow cricket? I'm not a massive cricket fan. I, to be honest, when cricket's on, I usually catch the highlights. I mean, I keep in tune with it. I see how we're getting on, but I don't really sit down to watch uh, cricket religiously. A lot of my friends are big, big cricket fans. But yeah, I'm less less so. Um, but I do keep up to date with it, and I do watch the highlights because I think it's just very tricky. Because cricket's a big commitment to sit down for a whole whole day. I've been to the cricket once, and it was great for a whole day's experience. But to sit down and watch it on the telly for a whole day is a, a big, big commitment. Um, and so I'd rather watch watch through the highlights of, of how England get on. Um, Balaji says uh, Wolfsburg winger Josip uh, Brekalo linked with us. Has he really? Um, Croatian international is Brekalo. Uh, is he going to the European Championships this summer? Let's have a look. Uh, Croatia. Um, yes, he is uh, going. He is in the team for the European Championships. So maybe we'll see him get some minutes. They are in England's group. So we'll definitely see him maybe playing against. Uh, England. If he's been linked to us, I haven't seen a lot of him. I don't know loads about him as for, uh, for performance-wise, but I think he had some decent returns in terms of his statistics this season. Because I remember doing a piece about Croatia. Let me just have a quick check how his stats have fared this season, Brekalo. Uh, seven goals, three assists, uh, playing in a... Let's see where he mainly played this season. Uh, let's go to full statistics and have a look at that. Apologies, isn't the best... Viewing ship, making waiting for my screen to buffer. Playing on the left wing for 22 games, and he's played on the right wing seven games. So maybe, but I don't know why we would go for Brekalo over someone like Buendia. It doesn't make too much sense to me. Stefania says, man, how painful is uh, is this for us? Where is our way out? We've suffered more than any other team in the big six, but nothing good ever 
comes for us, man. I hope the Cronkies doesn't win anything with the Rams. I mean, I wouldn't say nothing good has come from us. We've obviously won four FA Cups in the last, what, uh, seven, seven years, seven, eight years. So it's not been nothing, but it's not been great. And we've declined in the league. But we need to turn things around. The summer's going to be a big, big test for us. Uh, and we'll have to wait and see. Patrick says, get him. Wolves, uh, Veghorst and Baku, of course, three Wolfsburg players. Uh, Brekolo, maybe not as keen. Baku, 100%. Go get Rydal Baku. Veghorst, absolutely not. Absolutely not. So why would you go out and sign a 28-year-old that's going to cost you a lot of money, that's very one-dimensional and will not be playing to the system that we want to play? Uh, not for me. Uh, Jashar says, Evening, Tom. Does Kieran Tierney's injury record concern you? Of course it does. I think we need to prioritise the left back. Of course, it is one of our top priorities is, is bringing in a backup left back. We are in discussions with Bertrand. We are in competition with Leicester. And, and that's going to be a difficult one to try and win. Amazing stuff. Um, Chris says, Did Man City make the right formation during the match? Uh no. <laughs> they lost, so no. Uh, Yo-Yo says, I don't want a constant reminder of Baku at the club. Uh, yeah, you need to move on. You need to move on, guys. It's just, you know, otherwise you wouldn't just have loads of things that just remind you of other stuff. Move on. Don't be sensitive. Um, Antigar says, Tom dodged that Awar question like Arteta dodged the Ozil questions. I've talked about Awar so many times about why I'm not his biggest fan, why I don't think he's the right person for Arsenal. Just, yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I've said it so many times. It's, I'm not going to keep on going over it and over it and over it. Uh, King Sates says, uh, let's have a look at this one. Tom, unpopular opinion, <laughs> which is arguably my least favorite way to start any question. I think Marie and Saliba could form a great partnership. Marie is solid, good on the ball, and a leader. Saliba is more mobile, fast, big, and a good passer. What are your thoughts? There's all the chance they could play together. I just think we need to invest more time in Gabriel and play him consistently and give him a shot and play him, just get, let him develop. There's a real, real talented player in there for Gabriel. He's shown some of it already, a lot. I just want to see more. I want to see more of Gabriel. That's what I want to see. Uh, Elliot Roberts says, did you see the similarities between Arteta and Pep? Namely, they both think they are the smartest men in the room when, in fact, many good managers find them out at the end of the day. Um, I don't know. I think that Arteta does understand that he's still very inexperienced, but he's very—he's been very open and, and not humble, but he's been very honest about the fact that he's made mistakes. So maybe, maybe not. Whereas Pep, I think, is a lot more stubborn. I think Pep is very stubborn and will not admit that there has been mistakes. He'll just say, oh, they've played brilliant. Gundogan was brilliant. They were all brilliant. Yeah, he's, he doesn't ever kind of be critical to the public media, but we don't know that he hasn't been critical to his players. A says, Tom, if we miss out on Buendia, would you be open to signing a player like Vlas Vlasic, uh, another Croatian player playing for CSKA Moscow uh, currently? Um, is he going to the Euros? I'd be surprised if he wasn't. Um, he is indeed going to the Euros. I, honestly, I don't know how well the Russian league would transfer to the Premier League. Um, I'm not sure if he'd be the right... I think he's only like 23, Vlasic, but still... Again, I'm not sure he'd be the right choice because of the transition, because of the fee, because of the risk associated with it. Uh, Shatam says, buy Harry Kane. Yeah, because that's that's going to happen. <laughs> that's obviously going to happen. No Sleep says, was watching an interview with Ralph Ranick earlier. He said an aim was always to reduce the average age of the squad. Do you think a lack of experience is important when the club has solid identity? Experience has always been something that I think is very much overrated, but you need to find balance. You still need those players in the team. For every young player in the RB Leipzig side, there are some more experienced players within it, your Klostermans, etc. So it is, also, it is about the balance being found. And yes, you should always try and lower your average age because time is continuous and that average age that you're lowering is constantly getting higher. So it's, it's not as clear and, and cut and dry as saying that experience, add it, you're constantly lowering the average age group because it's the, the ages are constantly getting older and more experienced. So I, I, I do think it's just about balance, isn't it? It's just about balance. It's as simple as that. I feel like I'm waffling. <laughs> Proper waffling about that is a simple answer. You need to find the balance. That's what it is. Uh, Manu says, tactical breakdown on Richard Garlic dropping soon. <laughs> we don't do tactical breakdowns on executives. Have a laugh. Hi, Antonio. 
Hope you're doing well, son, in the chat, mate. Uh, Kigi says, uh, too cool to Pep is like Mourinho was to Wenger. Maybe so. So Hill says, Tom, I think both Arteta and Pep see ghosts in some games because every coach does the only problem with Pep. It's because of the quality of players he has. He gets called out. I mean, if that were true, he wouldn't have done so well with the Barcelona youth side and got them a title, went to Bayern Munich, made them better, made them play better football, couldn't quite win the Champions League with them. But he made them play much, much better football than they were previously. Um, Benji says, I would quite welcome a transfer from a less popular league. That's how we got Arshavin, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, Arshavin was, was he a hit? It's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. I don't think he fulfilled the hype of being our record signing um, or near our record signing anyway at the time. So it's, again, how many Russian play, Russian league players come into the Premier League and, and succeed? It's um they haven't produced loads um recently i've not seen it as a league that's really been hyped up specifically as someone that's producing a lot of good talent right now the russian national side has suffered of late too um so yeah i'm, I'm not sure i mean let's have a look at the russian national side for the euros um Zuber is still up there i don't know much about the russian football right now to be honest i just know that it's been, there's been some some issues. Uh, Moran shook at Atalanta is very decent. Denis Sheryshev still in the team. Wow, that's been that's a blast from the past. Uh, Alexander Golovin has obviously moved to Monaco and not maybe fulfilled the potential that they thought he was going to have when he moved away. Um, looking at the defence, and I'm struggling to really identify too many that I'm aware of. Um, it's oh, I'm intrigued to watch Russia at the Euros and see how they do. Um, Sasha Van Vyck says, Tom, can you please just tell Kanav why you don't rate Awar? Um, okay. <laughs> so why I don't... It's not that I don't rate Awar. It's just that I, I'm not that keen on bringing in someone who I think would still be a passenger in an Arsenal team needs protagonists. I think that Awar, as has been described by, to me by plenty of people that watch him, Jeremy Smith, Adam White, that pe- like these guys that watch the French League religiously, Awar just does not drag his teams to victory. He is a luxury player. In, in a way, there's, there's, we've had a, quite a few, but he's not someone that stands out from the crowd. He's not someone that when Leon are playing badly, he will turn the tide of the game his performance level will drop in line with Leon's when they are playing poorly. And I'm not interested in passengers. I'm interested in protagonists. That's that's what I want. So, Canav, you can stop spamming my chat now. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Juro says, Canav, why don't you rate Tom's opinion that he doesn't rate our So There you go. Uh, oh, was the five minutes run out? Is Yonick back? <laughs> Hello, Yonick. Are you good? Did you enjoy your break? <laughs> it's back in the chat. Anyway, let's finish off there because we have hit the hour mark. Thank you ever so much, people, for tuning in. Really appreciate you supporting the channel as always. We've had some really good uh, interactions from you all. Uh, I've got some plans for a podcast next week. I'm going to get in touch with some of the members about doing a podcast soon as well. So make sure if you are in our Discord server and you want to be on the show, you can be. If you sign up as one of our expert members and join our Discord server, then you can be on the show. So make sure you get involved and uh, I'll be reaching out to you guys soon. I'm planning on doing quite a few expert member podcasts in the months throughout the transfer window with there being no club football. Probably quite focused on the European Championships and filling some reaction to that and how Arsenal players are getting on throughout that tournament. Um, So that's going to be good. But you don't have to sign up as a member. Everybody is welcome to drop into the chat box. As you see, I don't prioritise member questions. Um, I give all of you guys as equal and much attention as I feasibly can. Um, but if you're a regular returner, you do tend to see that I, you know, we'd gravitate towards our regulars. And so get involved with the chat more often, get involved with the discussion, get involved with the Discord server, uh, and drop a like on the video and subscribe to the channel if you are new. I do also want to give a shout out to a lot of the Arsenal content creators that are producing some really good content right now. Mike and Andy, of course, over at the Gunners Pod, along with Mike Hernandez and Owen Young. Make sure you go check those guys out. Hybrid Squad as well, of course. 
uh, with Soph, uh, whatever. Amanda's going to go on to as well. Looking forward to seeing what her next stuff is uh, is soon. And I can say that Amanda's going to be on the pod soon, along with uh, Dan Potts, who I know that you guys are big fans of Dan Potts. We love Dan Potts. We don't always agree, but we love him. And he's going to be back on the show next week. So I look forward to that one too with Owen, who will be making his glorious return to the channel as well. Uh, same old Arsenal, of course, with Dan Potts and Craig and Harry and Lee um and, and graham and i'm trying to think of anyone else that i'm missing uh i can't think of anyone else genuinely i'm i'm not <laughs> i can't think of who else is on there um there's a lot of people that get involved with them um uh, nigel plum as well who does a lot of their uh, commentary stuff for them now too he's done a really good job over there uh so yeah that's that's pretty much i'm trying to think of anyone else ask blog gonna blog go check about the arsenal vision podcast with clive and elliot and all those guys uh, so yeah, lots of stuff. Deludaguna, DG, go check him out too if you don't already. Um, I'm pretty sure that is they're the people that I interact with the most. So there you go. Another or oh, not another Arsenal podcast as well. There's loads. Burkett Wonderlands. How can I forget my main men uh, as well? So go check them all out. Some love, some shout outs for some other Arsenal content as well. So fantastic stuff. Uh, Jake says Dan Potts ruining this channel. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Dan loves to come in and throw his weight around, but we love him for it, as always. I'll see you tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., for the latest transfer updates. Join me then. It's been a pleasure to speak to you guys, as always. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90-plus minute. All your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your McDelivery. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.